This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Napsack Files. I'm Ken Napsack. These are my files. I hope you enjoy them. Hey, everybody. Have you heard the news? You probably have, because I won't shut up about it. My first book, from Mango Publishing, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments of Built the Galaxy Far, Far Away, is out. It's out for your enjoyment. You can pick it up online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, other places. If they sell books, look for it. If they don't have it, ask for it, including bookstores uh, and uh, and the like. That's right. Some of us still go into bookstores. So go on in and demand, demand, I say, that they carry why we love Star Wars. But I appreciate the support already uh, and the kind words. Uh, put a lot of work into it. And that sometimes is real nerve-wracking as a creator when you put a lot of work into something, which is, I think, going to be part of today's conversation. I am so happy to have a filmmaker, a bright mind, and a former, technically former, schmoes, no intern. There's some history there. Please welcome to the Knapsack Files, a longtime listener, now a guest, Brando Benetton. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you for so much, uh, so much for having me. I am excited to have you. I actually really am excited to have you because you have, uh, I don't want to say blossom. That's almost insulting. You probably always were. A great young filmmaker. Eventually you'll be an old filmmaker. It happens to the best of us. But you have got something. Uh, you've got a, a great style. You've put some stuff out there. And we're going to be talking a lot about a project you got coming out called Nightfire. But we'll be talking a lot about your journey and how we met on the Schmoes and all that stuff. But first of all, just welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm excited about the book as well. Thank now you. That, now that we know when it's coming out. Yeah. And it's out. And it's out. It's out for everyone to uh, to take on in there. But uh, yeah, no, that's just me. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. You uh, you weren't uh, you weren't born around these parts. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I was born all the way uh, in Paris, France. I, I moved to Italy like a year later. Okay. So I'm fully grown Italian. Um, and it took me 16 years to realize that the States, uh, it's, it's probably a great place to be for movies, for watching movies, right. making movies even more. So, um, I was lucky in that regard to, I, I think anyone is lucky yeah. when you can live in multiple times of your life in not only different cities, but different countries. That's fa- I mean, I have yet to experience that. Uh, I've experienced a lot of the country, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of wish I did at times. You got yeah. to do it. You're full. I love this term, full-grown Italian. Like you just sprinkled some water and flour. And just a little bit. <laughs> One day. So at 16, you, you you say, it's time for me to travel and get out of here? Yeah. I, I There's this interesting uh, process that Italy has in regards to your junior. You're allowed to go anywhere you want in the world, as long okay. as they'll have you, as long as they don't. <laughs> as long as they'll take you. Yes. Uh, and um, I, I picked New York, and obviously you can't really... Not always you can choose what school you're going to go to, um, mm-hmm. but I went there and it's usually a one-year thing. And uh, 
I totally lied to the landlord, told him I was 18, which I wasn't. And my family was really supportive of that. And once I got there, what was supposed to be a one-year thing turned out to be uh, yeah. ever since. Was I, your I, family supportive of the lie or just <laughs> yeah, coming oh, yes. at it? Yes. You but know, also, I think I think a, a 16-year-old uh, from other parts of the world probably seems a little older to a landlord in New York. I mean, I've, I, I've always had a puppy face. And I to this day, many people are like, did they not ask for ID? And I was like, yeah, why didn't they? That doesn't sound like a professional <laughs> why didn't landlord. They? All right, put your bag here. They knew. They knew all the time, uh, but they didn't say anything. But it's it's interesting, you know, because yeah. I, 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 we're talking like New York City, and yeah. that to me was, without realizing, that was uh, the first kind of film school. Because there's this website called On Location Vacations mm. where they list everything that's shooting in L.A. and New York and Chicago on a daily basis. Okay. And I, I would remember doing the homework. I would get the homework out of the way by, let's say, you know, 4 or 5 p.m., and then I would go on the website, find out what's shooting where. I would show up and I would just stick around. And oh, wow. that was my first film school. I was under getting an understanding of who the AD was and, you know, uh, movies like Tower Heist and the other guys with Adam, yeah. Adam McKay. And over the course of weekends, perhaps you realize you watch them shoot this entire scene and it takes them five hours and nine months later. It's only, wait, it's only 20 seconds in the movie? <laughs> You know, like, yeah. And uh, it gives you a sense of how things are put together. So I didn't realize it at the time, but that was, and it was amazing, you know, going from seeing Will Ferrell on TV to to, uh, watching them walk around and film and joke. And uh, it was amazing. I was so lucky. I've been so lucky. But yeah, that's, but that's ingenious. You're sitting around and go, all right, film school. I I, want to learn some stuff. Here's, did anyone tell you to do this or you just found the website and were like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just found the website, Uh, slink around the sets. That's like an old Hollywood story. That's like Spielberg sneaking into a mail room or something. You're just sitting there watching from a cafe, street corner. What were you doing? Um, don't worry. I got, by the way, I got kicked out more than a few times. I was stupid enough. I think in a few moments to pull out like a very small, you know, photo camera and film the monitor. And that's when they knew I definitely wasn't working there, but they must've thought I was somebody's kid or something. Keep in mind, I'm not tall now, but I wasn't, I was even shorter and, and more of a puppy then. But, uh, it's amazing what, this is something they told me early on. It's amazing what, you can get away with if you act as if you belong. You know, you walk That's, on yeah. and they say, sir, can we help you? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm meant to be, you know, yep. I'm, I'm with Jim. And nobody's going to be like, who's Jim? Like, they just assume the guy the guy it's, is meant to be here. It's uh, a lesson. Uh, a, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, Darina Ariana, who's been on here before, She she's so good at getting into events and she has a lot of connections. But a lot of times she's like, no, I just... Act like I'm supposed to be there. I walked right in. Walked right in. And here I am in the corner. She got us into the Last Jedi VIP premiere party. We were at the premiere already, but she got, we got into the, the VIP side with all the actors and Kathleen Kennedy and everybody. Because she's like, and I thought, well, okay, you know Nathan Hamill. Like, Nathan got you. And she's like, no. I just said, hey, guys, uh, to the security guys, these guys are with me. And we all walked in. <laughs> so you're not wrong here. You've got a film school experience by just, all right, I'm going to show up and act like I'm here for a bit. There's like, there's so many specific details. And, you know, again, we were talking before we started, it's all about making memories and, and telling stories. And obviously got very lucky because I, I, I would stick around more than I got kicked out. Mm. But, um, again, in regards to, we, we love how specific sequences are put together. And even though you may not be understanding at the moment, 
you know, for a tower heist, they're recreating the Macy's Thanksgiving right. parade. And I didn't know why you would do that. You know, there's only so much you can shoot on the day. Then you have to restage it. But, uh, it's all a learning bag that even, you know, yeah. even five, 10 years later, uh, you think back at days like those, be like, Oh, that's how they did it. So we should do it like that. And yeah, uh, it's amazing. That's, that's fascinating. Amazing. I, I really applaud you. That is uh that is great. When did the love of, uh, of film, uh, set in and when did you feel, you know, films obviously international to worldwide. You can make a film and appreciate a film anywhere, but definitely Hollywood and America and the film industry. Um, did you look across uh, across the ocean at us and go, "All right, I like what they're doing." Like, when did that set in? What age? Um, since I was a kid, and I'll tell you why. Because you can have a lot of generic stories, but it was only through the years I grew up without a television with channels. That was a wow. big no no. We that we were not allowed to do that. And the only thing that we had at home in regards to uh, video entertainment was literally uh, British VHSs. Wow. And what would happen is that I would watch these movies in English, yeah. not understanding what was happening at all. Okay, yeah, not your language. You know, right I would watch Pinocchio five times, don't really get the plot. I, I just nod and like it in the colors. And, and then I would, go over, I would go over to a friend's house. I would watch it in Italian. Mm. And I was mind blown. They would just watch me finally understand the plot. There's a story here. There's a Who knew? <laughs> um, but just through that, I think like a lot of Spielberg films, I remember specifically Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, was mm. the one movie I would watch over and over and over. And I think for many of us, it's about the love for movies, especially for who wants to make movies. Yeah. It's trying to uh, infuse that very feeling you had and be like, I want someone else to feel that when yeah. we make movies. So that's why I think you get into making movies. It's it's yeah. not about me and the voice and all of that. It's like, how can we spark that feeling, whether you're into action or whatever adventure genre you're I, I love that idea. I love filmmakers who are film fans, and I think all of them probably are, but the ones who are very, very open about it, and the ones, you know, I'll say the example of Tarantino, it's like he, he puts a lot of homages to his favorite moments, and that makes some sense emotionally, what you're saying of, it isn't just, uh, I have a story to tell, you do, but you, I want to create the same feeling, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I want to give people the same things that pulled me in, at six years old, I'm trying to understand Pinocchio or whatever, that's, that's cool. Yes. That's yes. cool. What what was the first thing you shot? Oh. And what age? I've got I'm gonna guess and say you were seven and you shot a a, a, a heist picture that was two hours long. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, it may not have been seven, and I'm sure I was doing a lot of car models. I was sure. unfortunately, and after seeing Toy Story, uh, it's it's awful. Be respectful to your toys, yeah. guys. But I would be lighting them on fire, putting firecrackers and shooting slow motion and all that stuff. But I'll, you'll laugh at this. So in Italy, just to show you the difference, you can go buy a blank gun, really? um, even if you're not. Or I, I think I actually dragged my mom along, and as a president, I asked her to buy me a blank gun, which she did. And I don't know how <laughs> responsible that is. But now it's, here we are, we're you know 12 or 13, and we have the tool. Like the, tool. the one thing that is going to give production value to the movie. <laughs> and ever since, we would be... Um, you, I mean, yeah. you'll find it funny. We didn't limit it as shooting in the backyard. We would go to town mm. and I, I would go up. There was this one day we, uh, we're shooting a stupid short film and I go up, I look yeah. around and we're going to shoot the blank gun, you know, something okay. I do not recommend anyone in the States. Yeah, do not do, do this. <laughs> Don't do it in general, but I, yeah. that's how stupid. Uh, Napsack files disclaimer, but this is a fascinating story. 
and we, there was an old lady and a couple making out and I go over and I was like, Hey, you know, my name is Brandon Bennett. I'm a filmmaker and we're making a major motion picture here. Now, what you're about to see is a special effect and we're going to go, are you okay with this? And the couple goes back to making out and they don't really care. <laughs> okay. And the old lady just stares on. I was like, okay, I, I, I'll take it as a yes. And we look around and I was like, okay guys, just one shot. And we pull out of the bag and we shoot we get the shot and we put the thing back and we're crossing the bridge and two cop cars just speed in our direction and they stop and, you know, no guns are drawn. They say empty the bag now. And turns out the old lady was not okay (laughs) with us using guns. Um, But that's, that's how with, with not too much consequence. That's how you learn what you should or shouldn't do. do. And you're, and you said you're 12 or 13 filming this, yes. which is again, a lot of y'all, a lot of filmmakers, they start young and, and all that stuff. What it is. So you, but you've just, it seems as though you've got the, that kind of go, go get her attitude of just like, let's get this done. Let's roll up our sleeves. You got a little passion for it too. And I think I see even myself, sometimes I, you know, over the years, like, I, I, I'd like to do that, but I don't. You're like, now nah, we got it done. Let's get it. Let's get a blank gun. Let's go shoot. Let's go to shoot a short film. You, huh. This is a passion that runs deep. Yeah, I, I think in general, and it's something, again, I was very lucky to to then go to college, but it's something that once it's stated to you, it starts making sense. The two things that are, you know, do not ask for um, permission, ask for forgiveness. Sure. As long as you're safe and you're not putting anyone in, in harm, but at the same time, just create your own opportunities because I mm. think that, and we see it now, it, you know, I, I see a lot of peers who are smart enough and put in the time to write a feature film and then are mm. just waiting for someone to um, produce it, I think mm. people like Tarantino with Reservoir Dogs or you know any any kind. You got to be smart enough to write it cheap, mm. and um, again, just collect all these small stupid experiences that you you did, and then because uh, that's what we did in the end. We yeah. were just really going to town with special effects and all that stuff, and I guess that was just an expression of loving yeah. just trying to recreate all the all the all the stunts and the special effects and that's why i feel like i got into it we're never going to get to the michael bay level but i don't uh, know man who I knows i got to tell Maybe. you you young and got a long future what you what i've seen already um what are your favorite kinds of films you mentioned last crusade what what movies what, what in is, general yeah what inspires you this is we this know is we know fun. i'm a unhealthy obsession with star wars what's yours um i i would say mission impossible fallout Nice. was a movie that yeah. a lot of people, I was just, I was with someone last night and I was trying to make a case for it. And she just shook her head. She's like, you know, cruise. And I was like, what, what I've told people, and we've been lucky enough to spend hours talking to the stunt coordinator. And what I told them is that when I look at mission impossible fallout, I see more of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin than I do, you know, of, really? of any other, because if you think about it, except yeah. for Jackie Chan, yeah. Here you have an actor who's performing his own stunts. Why he chooses to do it? What his personal mm-hmm. deal is? I don't know. I don't know the man, but I I think it allows for camera angles and emotions that are simply mm-hmm. untapped and unseen in any other kind of action movie. Yeah, and that gets me. You know that to them when I speak to the people who put these movies together and they say the entire movie is engineered so you can tell they were not tricking you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so yeah. that's, that gets me. And, and again, it's interesting, not only what movies you love, but why you end up loving them. And I think I only started connecting the dots between the love for Buster Keaton and love for Mission Impossible. Um, Zodiac. Is yeah. Another Zodiac. Got very it. Very good movie. 
more than it's a perfect movie. Um, and I, much like the movies we make, by the way, it's interesting because I could give you, I could go on. I could say Singing in the Rain, which I just no, love to go see on. again. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's quite a, that's quite a wide, wide variety. It's a wide variety. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's interesting for all of us if we mm. observe not just the movies we want to make, but the movies we love, what is the common thread? Because mm-hmm. I feel like so many people, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure for, for many who are making movies to come up with a voice or, you know, a specific right. point of view. And it's not something you can draw up yourself only through time and over the years I've been able to look back and be like, oh, that's the common, you know, that's what maybe you all of your movies are about family or mm-hmm. they're about, you know, couples, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I still haven't been able to find the connecting Yours. dot between Mission Impossible, Fallout and Singing in the Rain. But I'll let you know when that happens. <laughs> that's a fascinating case study. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I love, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something about Tom Cruise and what it does and, and that to, to, the, the doing his own stunts thing is certainly creates a big hoopla and it's fun. And it's like, what's he going to do next? Uh, you know, he's going to just ride a rocket into space next. But, uh, and in terms of story and getting the, the emotions there, it, it's definitely, I think we've all been there sometimes when you've seen a big, uh, big, a big action moment in a, in a movie or a big fight or something. And we, and we all know the realities of making these movies, but like when you can tell it's a stunt performer and who, by the way, stunt performers are the most fascinating, talented people out there. I don't want to take anything away from them. Uh, and I know that might create, you know, they were like, come on, Tom, let us do it. Um, but I just, it's some, when you see his face to me, I'm like, oh, this is a real moment happening. Uh, even though I know how movies are made. So I think that's an interesting thing. You're drawn to the action though. It seems to be. For sure. For sure. And I, again, just for the feeling of, um, we can get more into specifics in a moment. Sure. I, I've what I thought about would be so much fun about Nightfire and 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 movies in general. And again, that's mm-hmm. something we find with with Fallout is the idea of of Europe based action movies, mm-hmm. which are not as common as you know stories shot in New York or right, LA right. and stuff like that. It's it's literally putting a canvas behind, which is the re- you know half of the reason Mad Max Fury Road. It's a it's a movie you can't stop watching is the desert. You know, they went yeah. to the Namibian desert and sometimes the setting of a movie, you, it, it changes the story so much, mm-hmm. whether it's geographically, culturally, all that stuff. And, um, yeah. yeah. Um, before I slip. Yeah. The thing, the thing too, about, um, Tom Cruise, he's the reason I think is so interesting is that he's one of the few action, um, I don't want to use the word star, but you know, sure, action I, star is that isn't yeah. afraid to look in pain. And that's something I've, mm, I've studied mm. a lot with Jackie Chan, mm. which you don't see a lot in, in Bond. Half of the jokes and, and fallout is him being out of breath, right. broken angle, limping. And, and that creates a lot of empathy. You know? yeah. So whether we're here talking about the specifics or, or an average audience member, which can't register, like they always try and tie it back with emotion and, and try and get yeah. a ch- connection going. I love that. Uh, empathy for action stars. It's important. It's important. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's get into, I don't want to bury the lead here and this is going to spring some more conversations, but uh, uh, you got this picture, uh Nightfire coming out uh, and it's going to be available Amazon prime and hopefully some other places. Uh, but we'll talk about that. But it, uh, this is, you sent me this trailer and yes. I had seen other things that you had worked on. I cannot remember specifically. I apologize. But there would be times I remember we were, I think it was like, it was like, 
uh, Christian Ruvacabla and Cody Hall. Some were like, "Hey, look at the look at this!" And I'm watching this this one. I f- oh gosh, I wish I remember. You you probably know what it was, but there was like a car chase and explosion. So they ah great. What, what, this is great. What movie is this? And they're like, no. Like Brando, Schmo Kid, the intern, he's he made this. And I'm like, not that I doubted you, but I'm just like, wait, what? No, this isn't shot in like a backyard with some firecrackers. This is like I'm looking at a legitimate motion picture sequence here. Um, so from that, you get this thing, Nightfire. Uh, just talk to me about what it is uh, and what we got coming down. Because you sent me this trailer and I was like, this just looks like it's the, the, you know, the fifth born ultimatum movie to me. You know, it's so good. It's fun. Um, we were... We were still students and, um, which blows my mind because it's, li- <laughs> it's listed, uh, you know, as an award-winning student film. And I'm like, you know, you what? You, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. What, what, what movie studio, uh, put you produced this for you? Because like, it's like, I don't associate, I, I associate, you know, brothers McMullen, which is a movie I love tremendously as a stu- kind of student film or it wasn't, Ed Burns wasn't a student, but just like, Hey, shot on the weekends and we get it done. You know, uh, flashlights are light, but this, you've got some big, this is so much big scope to this. It's, it's always about trying to get the biggest bang for the buck. And in that case, again, I don't want to tie it too much with the mission impossible, but what something that we, we learned from that was the understanding that it's a very atypical way of constructing a movie. But from my understanding, the way they put together rogue nation, the way we put together this movie was, well, they, they built it on a stunt sequence level. They said, we want Tom to be on a plane. We want Tom to be on a motorcycle. And how do we get from A to B to C to D on a story level? And because they're talented screenwriters and, and filmmakers, they find a very smooth way to do it. We try to apply that on, on a production level. So we're students and we just, again, going back to the idea of we wanted to go to a thesis screening and screen something that wouldn't blow anyone, you know, yeah. everyone away for, for the sake of doing that. But we wanted to just entertain. I think that's sure. what all of us are here to do. And, uh, we, but we also had to be realistic about the fact that even though it was a, it was a sizable budget for mm. a student film, it wasn't nearly as much as, you know, a quarter of a million dollars. It's what or, you needed. Right? <laughs> well, you, we, we never have enough money, right? You yeah. never have enough. And, and in that case, what we try and do, we literally, um, you know, we looked at the assets that we had already. We were lucky enough to to know Dylan Baker, who's an amazing actor mm-hmm. and a great friend of ours. And we said, we we have Dylan, who would be great doing this. And we have our hometown and we have, you know, two used cars and we know someone who could do that. And then you try and crave a narrative okay. around it. Now, hopefully not everyone realizes we're doing that. Right. But, you know, from... Uh, there's a sequence that takes place on a, on a stage and we couldn't afford the stage. So we simply called up the city hall and said, you guys have a concert going on that. Day. Could you just wait 24 hours to unbuild the stage and we'll use it that night? You know, in between, <laughs> um, we blew up a building and we couldn't figure out. I'll tell you this story. Yeah, please, kick please. You just casually said, yeah, we blew up a building. We blew up a building. <laughs> um, that was one of, we didn't, that was one of the, the yeah. scenes where we didn't, have permits among the scenes where you shouldn't have permits. That was the one we didn't. I just, I showed up and I couldn't, there were so many doorbells and I couldn't figure out who ran the building. And, (laughs) and I I kept saying, I'll come back next week. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And we got there. And, um, so again, I work, I'm very lucky to work as a a first assistant director right now Mm. as much as I can. And that teaches you so much about managing time and and people. First ADs kind of run that set, man. Yeah, and and I definitely didn't know 
you know, a lot back then. Mm. And uh, we underscheduled the first night. And mm. we just, we, that's something I recommend to everyone. Do not have your hardest sequence on day one when nobody has really met. And keep in mind, we have half Italian crew, half English crew. Right. The Italians barely speak English. They're doing drawings and <laughs> signing to each other. Um, and a sequence that we're supposed to finish at midnight, it's 730 in the morning mm-hmm. now when the sun is coming up. And uh, the very smart Brando uh, uh, scheduled an 8 a.m. call for the next day. So 7.30, we finish, and we're just zombies. We march back home. Uh, we wake up, and we have obviously slept through all the alarms, and I get all these texts <laughs> and calls that are, Brando, we're here, you know, because we forgot. Yeah. The message didn't come through, and there were people waiting for us for the, not the 8 a.m., it was a little later, but mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. arrive, and I... Up to now, this is something I would recommend. When when people say, think through the movie, literally, like, stop and think stop. how you're going to do it. Yeah. Not just like, oh, we'll kind of do some Figure explosion, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we get there and the special effects we have. I'll, I'll tell you the kind of, like, low-budget quality. I'll just take a step back and we're going okay. to the special effects you've seen. I'm big on real explosions, yeah. real special. I a think lot of it. audiences can feel it when it's yeah. a CGI explosion uh, or not. Mm-hmm. So I went to Rome, uh, Baby Brando in a backpack and shorts shows up in Rome and, and he goes and knocks on the door of these this massive. I love this character you've created for yourself, Baby I, Brando. I do not. I the- do not speak in third person. I just think it's a lot <laughs> funnier if you guys can imagine me uh, uh, being yeah. quite a you know a few years younger and everything. But um, right. and these guys I worked on Godfather and okay. Pirates and you know and I and I say hey I'm Brando and this is how much money we have which wasn't a lot at all. Okay, it was the biggest chunk of the budget, sure. but still wasn't a lot. And I said. Here's a list of everything we would like to do. Just stop me when we run out of money. <laughs> and they were super nice and they did everything, by the way. Um, wow. Which was super cool. But anyways, the day comes and I show yeah. up and we're overslept. And I realized we never talked through this famous ex- mm. building explosion. Right. And the guy turns to me and says, Brando, do you want a CGI explosion or a real explosion? <laughs> and, you know, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's double parked and the whole crew's looking and we yeah. say... Real explosion. Real. Real. And um, without permits, the cars are coming through and we we were trying to figure out how to block traffic and have an explosion. You know, we really haven't thought it through, damn it. None of this. And this old lady comes out and says, what are you guys doing? I was like, hello, my name is Brando. I'm a student filmmaker and we're doing a movie. Oh, lovely. I'm the manager of the building. I'm going to go do groceries. And I was like, okay, that's it. She turns the corner. And the moment she turns the corner, I was like, all right, guys, these are our 11 minutes. Blow up her building. Blow up the building. But but the guys, and I just want everyone to know, we're, we're, we're trying to be responsible adults even mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. And they have told me, they've used, they keep using this term. They say, this is a air compressed explosion. <laughs> and I'm thinking air compressed. It must be like, you know, Got it, yeah. you know, like some, and, and we add the sound. That's what's going to sell it. Right. And they say, air compressed, lovely, lovely. Uh, how big do you want the explosion? Sounds say, safe. Yes. Oh, I say, well, air compressed, let's go medium big. It's air compressed, so it'll be fine. <laughs> and um, great. they set it up. And keep in mind, we're holding up traffic 30 seconds at a time. And these guys are masters, by the way. There's sure. no take two. Like, they get down to the millisecond. They, they we were never, uh, like, they would always nail it. And uh, we shoot the Steadicam shot, this amazing shot of this guy walking out 
be, you know, hitting the trigger mm-hmm. and the loudest blast I have ever heard in my <laughs> life goes off. And keep in mind, not only all the car alarms go yeah. off, not only the building alarm goes off, all the bank alarms go off. And everyone who's inside restaurants <laughs> across the street just comes out and, oh my God. I mean, this is a dangerous era to just be exploding things downtown. <laughs> just just a casual Wednesday. Casual um, Wednesday explosion. The next day headline. Did you turn around and go, don't worry, it's air compressed. I literally <laughs> said that. And Well, this is what happened. The sound guy was, you know, the boom operator <laughs> was like, Brando, you want sound for this? And I was like, yeah, sure, it's air compressed, <laughs> but, you know, like, it's okay. You know, we probably won't use it. Yeah. We used it. Don't worry. We used it. It was loud. Um, I want to get you a t-shirt that just says it's air compressed. <laughs> that should be it. it. Um, so what happens? Everyone comes out. Everyone comes out and, and, uh, the, the, the panic came from the fact that we still had half the scene to shoot. Right. And I thought air compressed. Nobody's ever going to know we were here. <laughs> now keep in mind, the natural question is, yeah. aren't the cops going to show up? Yeah. We had make, there was a misunderstanding, and, and because Dylan was there, mm. they had mistaken this student film for a major Hollywood production. Gotcha. Which on one side, um, I, I, I got to say, we kind of suffered from it because people were coming and taking pictures, right. which is very flattering, but at the same but, time, you're trying to work, and you got to mm-hmm. move people out of the way. Mm-hmm. But on the other, cops assumed that everything we were doing had been checked and approved. Really? So here comes a cop car speeding down, and they and wave man. at us, they wave at us, and they go right past. Wow. They, yes. And they just, nobody, that was it. This is an ultimate example of just act like you belong there. Act, exactly. <laughs> act like you just wave at, the, wave at the cops after you have set, set off a, the explosion. Set up a video village, cameras, have some crafty out. Hey, keep blowing up buildings. Yes. But there was a lot of that. You know, speaking of, of trying to find, again, and by the way, all of this, as long as you're not putting anyone in, Sure. And harm and sure. stunts and, and special effects were the two departments where you just got to lean on professionals. You, yeah. you know, we were not oh, going to yeah. try and do it ourselves. There was this other scenario where um, we we really wanted to shoot some drone footage of this one. Yeah, you got square. some great drone shots in the trailer. There's yeah. amazing stuff. And it's all, you know, GoPro. And and by the way, coloring does does a lot. And, and just I'll just open a tangent mm. at the time. Uh, John Wick had come out yeah. when we first started prepping this. And... Um, we asked a colorist from John Wick if he would color the movie. Yeah. And and he was super nice and did a student rate, like very, very low compared to Hollywood standards. Yeah. But it, again, it goes back to understanding where to invest the money. How, but how, okay, so, but this is an incredible tangent for young filmmakers out there, and there's a lot of them out there. How do you, that's easier said than done. Hey, we got the guy from John Wick. He was very nice. He gave us a student rate. How do you reach out to him? I went on the website. Uh, I looked up the name. On IMDb, and he has a website. His name is Paul Sage, by the way. Mm-hmm. Reach out to him. Like, he's amazing, amazing. He has worked on Gone Girl uh, and Transformers. And, and um, you just, as long as you are polite, and sometimes you got to be persistent. Uh, in this case, it didn't need much uh, being persistent because the mm-hmm. schedule worked out. But I, that's what I've been amazed, you know, amazed about being out here. And, and we are lucky enough to also have a podcast and having these conversations with filmmakers and mm-hmm. 
you'd be amazed if you reach out and you do it politely. Some people are just down to talk or down to work or down to help out students in this case, you know, if they are, in this case, you show them whether it's a trailer or footage and they realize it may be worth their time. They can Mm. have a creative input in it. It's not, you know, coloring some iPhone footage of, of you in the backyard. Um, but it's yeah. again understanding where to put the money and what is gonna make the movie. It's ugly to say, but making movies feel big. It's about making them feel expensive without them, without being, them being expensive. expensive. So you yeah. know you can cut corners. Maybe the stage we couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe mom, you know, mom yeah. and uncle were doing catering for that morning. Sure, and you cut corners on that, but you also gotta invest in other things. And, and understanding just, that balance is really where you can shine. That's smart filmmaking. That's yeah. just smart filmmaking and to see what you're doing. Tell us just a little bit about Night Fire, the story. What what do you got? What it was, is, you know, do do your Letterman uh, late night show uh, pitch here on what, what it is. Tell the, tell um, the folks. It's about two American special agents who are hired to retrieve some top secret content uh, Mm -hmm. and they're sent to Europe and before they can make it back, uh, uh, unexpectedly this political prisoner enters the picture and they, all I'm going to say that they make the mistake of, of freeing this guy and bringing him along. And that Mm -hmm. just puts Mm -hmm. a whole set of, you know, events in motion where they simply wish that hadn't happened. Um, But again, it's interesting, you know, talking about, because this is another conversation I, I, I had in regards to, I co-wrote the movie and uh, uh, it was mainly written by this really talented writer uh, named Las Silva. But in un- understanding how to construct a movie like this, because right. screenplay, as you know, you can have all the explosions and all the car chases, mm-hmm. but if you don't care much about the story, it's it just could right. bring it to a whole other yeah, yeah. level. Make it feel um, empty. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I... I Honestly, it's interesting looking back since we wrote it, since we shot it, since we completed it, trying to observe ourselves, what we were trying to do. And and in that case, we were not really realizing they were taking all these different tropes and mm-hmm. some of them we would uh, play much like they played them in action movies. Other we would flip sure. just to subvert audience expectations. But I think understanding genre filmmaking in general can be applied on, on a storytelling level and a right. screenplay structure uh, because you want to provide, you know, audiences with a familiarity. There's right. something about this sequence I feel like I've seen before, right, right. but in a good way and other times where you, you know, they, they think you're going to go left and you just go right. Sure. So uh, that part has been interesting because I, I co-wrote it not because I think I'm a good writer, uh-huh. but uh because again, we couldn't really afford, couldn't afford. <laughs> to hire anyone. All all the money went to the explosion blown insurance fund. And yeah. by the way, yeah. um, blowing up a car, you blew up a car. We blew up cars. That was hands yeah. down the coolest thing. Talk yeah. about like talk about smart uh, budgeting. We bought two two hundred and eighty euro cars. Okay. So let's say three three hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, just use very used. Okay. One we sent to the laboratory in Rome, and in order to have a car explosion, if people want to check out on on YouTube, we put a little uh, behind the scenes feature. It, but yeah. they they have to strip out all the rubber to make sure that when it burns, it's not toxic to the environment. Um, mm. And they have weeks of work on that. And the other for this car chase, where the car is going to get banged up and windshields are going to get smashed. Right, three hundred and fifty euros. Wow, and we're like we're geniuses. <laughs> 
We got you know, this. The way a movie like Mission Impossible or James Bond would do it very smart, yeah. they would have six, seven cars. Yeah, you know, absolutely. car number three breaks down. Don't you worry. We got a car number four. <laughs> the car breaks down before we finish the car chase. We are literally... In like, the middle of it or like No, 30 it? seconds away. Okay. Like we have a last bit and the car breaks down and I'm like, geez Louise, <laughs> what do we do now? And we had to come up with like a creative way of making it, mm. you know, you take camera movement and sound to make it look like, and most people don't even realize, but right. by cheating things sometimes through sound or, or, or other uh, filmmaking tools, it forces you to get creative. And, yeah. and sometimes you're glad these lessons are learned early on mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, you know, 10, yeah. 15 years from now with much more responsibility because well. it's... Stuff always goes wrong, as you know. So. Stuff goes wrong, and it seems like you started learning that when you were sneaking around Adam McKay's set trying to figure this out. So you're pulling this this thing off. The trailer looks great, and um, it, it won an award, Student Film Award. What did it win? We were, we were very lucky. Um, if anyone's a student right now, uh, chances are your, your uh, institution has a chance to uh, submit for consideration uh, your a movie in this case, they were nice enough to to pick ours for the uh, American Society of Cinematographers, okay. which has you know it's 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 the biggest uh, kind of guild that there is for any kind of cinematographers. And it's by the way, it's kudos to the cinematographer who was a peer. Mm. We never worked before. We worked before in one movie. I just went to a screening. I saw the guy. I was like, we're gonna work together. Great. And the guy delivers so well under pressure. You know? mm. Because uh, again, the, the the movie wouldn't be what it was, wouldn't what it is without the cinematography, and we got to go and we got to you know we we got to go there. Uh, the movie was nominated for that, and then it it won a couple of things, another uh, film festival here in LA. But the thing, regardless of the scope of of the mm-hmm. festival in any way, you know, you may not get to Sundance, you may not get sure. to Cannes, but it also teaches you that being able to win something, any, any kind of award allows you to say this is an award winning film. And right. again, all these lessons, I think once you get your movie out there mm-hmm. uh, and sending it out, um, and by the way, you'll be surprised. Let's, I, if, if this can be of any interest, the movie yeah. is uh, almost 50 minutes, okay. which is a very strange length. Yeah. It's not really short, short, and it's not a feature. Right. And everyone was trying to talk us out of it. And like, you right. guys are you're crazy. It's not, you know, this is not, it's neither thing. Who's going to screen it? Yeah. Um, and it just, a year and a half goes by, uh, before we got distribution, but a year and a mm-hmm. half after we had first screened it at the school. And it just got picked up for distribution out of the blue. Because right. uh, you put a trailer on YouTube and talk about the value of a good trailer. Somebody yeah. can see that trailer and say, you know, we I like would, it. We would we would like that, sir. <laughs> More of that. Please come on in, sir. Uh, and uh, yeah, they, yeah. they picked it up, and you. and no, you. One, it, it was fun. It was realizing how like you never really know. Sometimes you you're patting yourself on the back, and there's yeah. radio silence for a year, and you're like, well, yeah. there goes that. <laughs> there went that. I blew up a building, and that's all I got. But you and I were talking off air too about how life happens for a reason, and you look back, and this is why this and this and that, and. And so, you know, you're in a good spot then with this. The distribution's part of the key to business, any kind of distribution. Yes, yes. It's, it's, I don't care if you're, you're showing it on a gas station screen. It doesn't matter. If it's being distributed in any shape or form, that's a victory. Well, the, the, the interesting thing for me, too, because I always try and extract a conversation out of things to learn, 
once it started, again, we're really lucky and it started screening in the Midwest, like a 2 a.m. on this cable thing. Oh, wow. And Amazon Prime and all Mm. these things. And I just wanted to understand what is it, what is it that made you guys interested and who are, who's the audience? And apparently explosions in Italy are big, you know, in (laughs) India, you know, or anything. You got the European explosion market down. (laughs) We got it. We claimed it. Um, that's great. But again, it, it helps you understand what people like or want more of, or don't really care for. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it helps definitely. And, uh, we're just trying to like use the momentum to, to jump onto the next thing. But as you know, it's incredibly hard. It is, it is, it is hard. Uh, uh, you know, um, not to shut the conversation to me, but yeah, yeah. Like, uh, people have been asked, all right, the book's out. I worked hard on the book. What's next next after that? And I have some ideas, but it's like, yeah, you have a short window. I think you got to grab onto. doesn't mean you can't create another window, but um, yeah, you got, I think that's part of this business. You got to be prepared for what's next and you don't know what chances are going to come up, but you have to have your ideas. It seems like you have, you have places you want to go as a, as a filmmaker and an artist, right? Sure. Where, where, where can you tell us, can you tell us any of them? Um, Is it working with Tom Cruise and then from everything down? (laughs) I, I don't know by the time if we ever get to that level, I think Cruz... Actually, no, I was going to say Cruz is going to be retired. The guy is never going to... He's going to be 80 jumping out of a helicopter, yeah. flying a uh, helicopter, jumping up. He'll, he'll be good. He'll yeah. be good. Um, yeah. But we we figured that the natural... I mean, it's interesting because you, you talk with peers and everyone obviously wants to make a feature film and, and they should... If you're smart enough, as we were saying, you really write it dirt cheap, you know, three guys in a room, five men Mm -hmm. in a warehouse, uh, really, you know, and sometimes there's a little more of that. We, we wrote something that's slightly more ambitious. It's not Mm -hmm. really Transformers five level. Sure. We're, we're, we're planning on pitching it to Paramount. Yeah. That's just, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Understanding the realistic, path that you're going to go on, mm. uh, has led us to understand that number one, it's all about telling a good story. Yeah. The stronger the premise, the, the more fun, the pitch people will definitely listen, you know, yeah. they'll listen, they may not pay for it, but they'll keep you in the conversation. Um, and at this point, as a matter of fact, in these, these next few weeks, we are planning on reaching out to, to a couple of name actors, like not Tom Cruise. <laughs> Not Johnny Depp. I'm hoping for you. Sorry to break it to you. Will Smith is not going to be in your uh, (laughs) debut feature film. But, you know, I'm I'm working a lot, as we were saying now, as a first AD. And I was just on the phone with with, uh, another student Mm -hmm. who uh, got a a character actor, a pretty known character actor in his thesis film. Mm. And it just led, you know, polite persistence. Yeah. Was smart enough to understand that. You don't have to go unknown and you don't have to go Tom Cruise. Right. There are a lot of amazing actor and actresses out there. And if you package that, the term that we have learned, if you're able to package something and say, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Smith, why don't you come for six days in Italy yeah. and to shoot this, this film? We don't have a lot of money, but again, if it's a good story and right. if you're able to, to, to make it uh, a neat little package some you'll be surprised what can happen if you ask politely and you ask in the right at the right time the right time the right, the right way, way. Yeah. yeah that's fascinating fascinating so you definitely got some things uh cooking um movie wise you're also doing podcasts though right yes what are you yes. doing there so i i moved here and i 
Are you, uh, I mean, you moved here, moved here, right? I, I moved here, moved here. Sorry, I yes. should say, oh my, I don't know, that, this is a fun thing. Nightfire, when we finished Nightfire, we shot it. Talk about resources. There was this uh, amusement park in Northern Italy, which is movie themed. It's like the Universal Studios of, of Europe. Oh. Uh, and I grew up like loving this place. And they had a massive military base set. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to put together the movie and I was like, this is it. Like we don't have to spend a dime this set is here working. Nobody is going to recognize it because nobody knows about it. Mm. And as far as people are concerned, we may have built it. We may have rented it. We did neither. You know, we sure. were shooting nights uh, between operation of, of when the park was was going. Uh, but anyways, the reason I say this because when we finished the movie, um, I went back to Italy for mm. a year because I got hired by the amusement park to write and direct a stunt show. Okay, well. Which could have gone incredibly wrong. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why you would ever hire a 24 year old to write and direct like a major sun show. And trust me, it was paradise. It was the biggest yeah. playground, the biggest amount of money I could, I could play yeah. with in regards to. And in that case, talking about stunts as a storytelling right, right. device, it was, you know, you're trying to understand what is the most spectacular stunt you can do three times a day without right. killing someone. Right. And you're like, okay, we'll have someone, race with a motorcycle through fire, catch on fire, someone gym, you know, and that was, that taught me a lot. Um, I'm losing my train of thought. From that and that, uh, I applied to USC. My parents who were really encouraging day, they said you should go to grad school and I really didn't want to. So I made sure to apply to USC to Uh make sure I a hundred percent wouldn't get in and I got in. (laughs) Um, and once I got here, any kind of creative frustration, I, I was, for whatever reason I was, feeling from the program, I felt I should balance with, again, talking about reaching out to people. I literally sure. started picking up the phone. I was like, you know, Mr. You know Newman, I would love to sit down and ask you all about your score, which you won an Oscar for. And sure. after the second or third time, I was like, holy crap, I'm here. We're talking for an hour. I should be recording this. Right, right, right. And that's, you know, talking as you're saying, sure. which is what the Knapsack Files is all about, sharing stories. I was like, right. I should be sitting down and doing this. And, you know, we got guest number A and it leads to guest number B and right. C and D and E. And it, and it kept growing uh, don't worry. So mm. many slam the phone in our sure. face, but others don't, you know, yeah. others will have us over. And we've been talking to uh, a, a variety of, of department heads, you know, from uh, yeah, Jan, yeah. Jan de Bond, who's almost turning 80 and he directed speed and twister. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was super cool. And, and he had us over uh, Sam Hargrave, who was the second unit director and stunt coordinator on Avengers Endgame. Um, it's, it's amazing what you can learn in regards to yeah. film school in a bottle in, it's, you know, a, an hour. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, uh, your, your list. You got John Schwartzman, cinematographer, jazz, Jurassic world, David Newman, like you mentioned, Ed Rifkin, Kevin O'Connell is a sound mixer. You get across, uh, you get Wade, Wade Eastwood, stunt coordinator, uh, Joe Kramer. You got a lot of good guests here. James Vanderbilt. Oh uh, yeah, Vanderbilt. Talk about Zodiac. Zodiac, and, and we spent a half an hour just talking about that. We recorded a couple more, which aren't out yet, but it's it's interesting because everyone has a baggage. You know, you go yeah. from Mission Impossible stunt coordinators to the cinematographer of Home Alone, and everyone has a, a different experience. And um, we just spoke to uh, William Clark, who was the first assistant director. Uh, who is the first assistant director on, on, on most Tarantino movies. And yeah. we never talked to our first AD and I was eager 
to have that conversation. Um, and again, for anyone who just doesn't have the chance to go to film school, this was a way for me and I was incredibly grateful and I was doing this out of selfishness. Trust me. Sure. Like I was, I was learning, Yeah. but it also means a lot if anyone out there listens and reaches out and says, you know what? We may not be able we, we are from Scandinavia and we may not have the chance to sit down with the stunt coordinator of, of yeah, yeah. Endgame, but the same way you and I are talking right now uh, in Burbank and people yeah. around the world can listen, you're letting people in on stories and experience. And that, that I think is incredibly valuable, preserving yeah. one's testimony and creative process and sharing it for free with everyone. I love that. The show is called Soundstage Access. Yes, it is. Soundstage Access. I love it. Yeah, I love that industry stuff. That's that's real, especially for, like you said, those those who want to get into this business. There's a lot to learn because I think the key word is business and there's a lot of things. And just hearing you describe how to make this film a, you know, uh, an award-winning student film that's 50 minutes long. Great. That's what it is. But like it's it's filmmaking. And you are in control of what you can be in control of on set. You're controlling the chaos when you can. And these big budget uh, blockbuster film directors are running a big business when they're making films. They're not just shooting a screenplay they like. Uh, everything goes into this. Yeah. These big shows we watch, these Game of Thrones, these Westworlds, anything, the Bond movies, Star Wars movies. You're on those sets and you, that you have to learn that. To trial and error, I'm sure, but it seems like you started learning even before you stepped on the set, and I think that's that's one of the big keys to you and your eventual current and eventual success. I mean, I, hopefully, but just in, in general, I feel like for all of us making movies, I, I see it as like one endless list of, are we allowed to curse? You go right ahead, my friend. You know, of, of, of fuck-up mistakes you're going to make, yeah. and the sooner you make, you know, you'll have the day where you blow up a building and you shouldn't, right. you know, check that and check this and check that. And the more mistakes yeah. you can do early on, hopefully uh, the more, not the better, the more experience mm-hmm. you're going to have by the time, um, you know, and again, that's what we felt like we were incredibly lucky in regards to Nightfire, regardless of, of the, where the project ended up. But mm. here is a crew, you know, here's an amazing cast of television actors right. led by a bunch of 20 year olds. Who, yeah. Yeah. Uh, could have really fucked it up and hopefully we didn't too much, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was, we all look back and say, we, you, we literally learned more in those 12 days, mm. more than any six years of film school could have taught us on the yeah. books. And that's why I encourage everyone. Uh, of course, many of us want to, want to, you know, a $1 million feature film, a $2 million, but just if you're smart enough to write, something that, again, is dirt cheap. Right. It's not going to be about, you know, selling the movie, not going to be about going to theaters. It's going to be about the experience you can collect and in, in two or three weeks of shooting mm. will be far more worth than any kind of, um, you know, tuition for a film. That That's just my own personal experience. No, I, I, Haven't yeah. been lucky enough to go to film school. Yeah. It's some, some things you can learn in film schools and yeah. others you don't. Yeah, it's not a slight on film school at all or any kind of school. I always think it's the access, it's the equipment, it's the connections that you make. They're going to help you later on. I mean, that's, that's valuable too. But yeah, the actual learning. The actual learning happens probably more through trial and error and blowing up buildings you're not supposed to. Um, so we're, we're coming down to the end here. Uh, and I want everyone out there to, to find uh, Nightfire and, and the podcast. We'll say some of that at the end. But I, I, 
I couldn't bring you here if I didn't talk about uh, how we had crossed paths. Uh, you had, uh, over the years, uh, been listening to that uh, wacky, silly Schmoes No Movie show with yes. Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis, and uh, I come aboard, and Josh McCuga, Mark Riley, uh, the whole crew over there. Uh, and then at some point, because uh, even though I was the producer of the show, I don't know what happened, you showed up, and you're like... You're working with us. You're interning. You're there for a little while, and 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 Christian says he, we're working with this kid. You were actually one of the original Schmodown competitors. You were in a match, right? I think you fought JTE. I haven't looked at the match in a while. Yeah, but yes, yes, and I, I made someone talk me into wearing an Italian flag and right. being. <laughs> I I think I wasn't wearing a t-shirt. Oh That's my right. god, what was I doing? But. So much fun. I, again, talk about like the camaraderie of a group of people yeah. who just loves movies. But, uh, and I think I, I, I fucked up. The last question was something about Truman Capote yeah. and Phil Hoffman. I, it still haunts me at night. <laughs> Schmodan will do that to people. Uh, we got to get you back in at some point. But uh, wh- wh- where did you discover the show? Was it when you were in New York uh, studying? How did that come about? Indeed. Uh, I, I honestly, and I still have the iPod touch because mm-hmm. I don't want to let go of it, but I do remember that was under, that was the very first podcast I started listening to, you know, mm. uh, whether people are in the car driving around or right. doing laundry as a, as a student, I was looking to fill time and, and fill the time listening to people talk about things what we feel day time. and we are passionate <laughs> about. Yeah. And there was so much endless content there and it just, it felt like family as you're saying, sure. it felt like they were talking to me and. I quite frankly forget when, well, I remember when, which was the summer of of 13, but uh, I don't remember how it happened, but because I knew I was going to come to, to uh, LA, I was uh, welcomed, you know, with open arms and uh, what an amazing experience that was. You were at the house, you were at the Afterbus house for a while, right? That was, so there was the, Toad Hop, Toad Hop Studios, first, yeah. And then there was the other, yeah, and that was it. The house, and then the you, yeah, then you went, rode off into the sunset to make great films. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, I can't remember what we had you doing. Probably too little for too for nothing. Bringing water, bringing water, and hopefully being good at it. You were great at it. I remember that in the booth and the uh, copster, uh, uh, Christian Rufacabla, Cody Hall, the whole gang. Yeah, you, it was it was fun. Yeah, and I I. I I forgot today. I was thinking about that today when you you were coming in here. I was like, oh, that's right. The Schmodown, which is now this thing. It's this thing. And I'm flying uh, at the time of this recording, flying out to Houston to go do it in front of an audience and everything. And they're like, no, you you and uh, I think it was you and JTE, right? Because it was like Italy versus America. Because that's when he did his full, JT did his full silly, not the love in America silly, but his big flag waving over the top Rocky thing. Yeah. It's entertainment. That's what we started talking about. And that's what it is. It's just like (laughs) providing a good time for people. It was so much fun. Uh, Well, glad to have you there and glad to have you in today. Uh, I love to see what you're doing and what you have been doing. And I am, uh, I think, more excited for what you're probably going to accomplish because it's not just that you have one particular skill. Uh, you're not just a, yeah, a great storyteller. I'm a good cinematographer. You, you've, you've got your hands in everything, and you know how to make it happen, including blowing up buildings and cars <laughs> and just getting away with it. It's just a good thing. So uh, before we check out, I really want you to to uh, be bold uh, and clear here on where they can find all the stuff and where they can watch Nightfire, uh, if possible now, uh, if, you, if you know. Um, I definitely recommend there is a Nightfire Facebook page Available, I recommend if anyone wants to get updates, that's probably the 
where we're going to post any kind of news first. Uh, and, and again, I, any kind of support means a lot. So thank you so much for having me, Ken. Yeah. No, and, and we'll, we'll put the link in, on the anchor uh, page uh, of the podcast uh, for listeners. We'll put a link to the Nightfire trailer. For sure. Right and yeah. if anyone wants to listen to Soundstage Axis, we are mm-hmm. on, on Stitcher and iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. And hopefully you can learn a lot through those conversations. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and they can, can they follow you on Twitter too, you said? No? Uh, Twitter. Are you on, are you on I, it? I, I, I am on it. I don't use use it as much as I should. Sure. I, I have moved over to the Instagram boat. Just Oh, well, they can follow you on Instagram too. Where's that? I, sh- I should probably follow you on Instagram. Rando Benetton it is. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. just a collection of pictures of, of uh, dogs and movies and sunsets. That's why we love Instagram. Uh, <laughs> you're speaking my language. Uh, Brando, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out and uh, talking to the Knapsack Files listeners and sharing your experiences. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Knapsack Files listeners, you know the drill. You can follow Follow me at Catnapsack and go to catnapsack.com. That's my website, and that has a direct link to order my book, Why We Love Star Wars, if you haven't already. A lot of you have, and man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming on this summer down San Diego Comic Con, doing shows with Mark Ellis, live Schmodowns. Uh, the Schmodown uh, is uh, heading around, so you can go to uh, the Movie Trivia Schmodown on YouTube, find out information on where to find us live, um, and markellislive.com for comedy information and I'll update you as well. Kind of been a weird development that I didn't didn't expect in 2019, me hitting the road doing comedy from time to time, but it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to those who were recently in San Francisco and Houston for that. So that is it for now. Uh, we'll be uh, getting on out of here. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Brando. Go see Nightfire where you can find it, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.